This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What do you want to da-da-da? What do you want to da-da-da? I'm not a da with the da-da-da. We could switch to Progressa da. Oh yeah. We could switch to Progressa and sa. Mkaw. We could sa enough to buy some za. Oh yeah. Let's switch to Progressa to da and get some za with the money we saw. Yeah. Now we know we're gonna da da da. These days, nothing is normal and everything is weird. But you could still save big when you switch to Progressive. It might just be the most normal thing you da to da. Quote to da at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Welcome to the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast postgame show with 670 The Score's Jay Zawoski and NBC Chicago's James Naveau. That's right, Blackhawks fans. This is the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast postgame show. But for the second time in three days, that intro is a lie because Jay Zawoski would have rather watched the new Star Wars movie then have talked Blackhawks with you and I tonight. So, once again, I'm James Naveau from NBC5 Chicago, and I am flying solo on this podcast tonight after a thumping, thumping 5-1 to one win by the Chicago Blackhawks over the Winnipeg Jets. Maybe Jay should just never come back, because every time he's not here, the Blackhawks win. I'm thinking there's a common denominator here. You guys seeing what I'm saying? I think you should all tweet Jay, tell him don't bother doing the post-game podcast the rest of the season. Blackhawks will go on a 55 or so game winning streak. They'll get into the playoffs, the top seed, be the best, blah, blah, blah. I think it's a win-win, don't you? Before I get into actually breaking down the game, which is I'm sure what you all tuned in to hear, I just wanted to give a quick shout out to our sponsors, Triple Threat Sports for all your team outfitting needs. Call Chris at 708-478-6090, Marishka's Family Restaurant, family owned and operated by the Zadralovich family since 1933. Eat the poor boys. Chuck Southern Comforts Cafe with locations in Darien and Burbank. Every single beer you can possibly think of, they have. Drink it. You'll be happy, I promise you. And our friends at Seat Giant use code MADHOUSE at checkout today. So, we have a lot of positives to go over. We like to do positives and negatives after each game. My negative list is really, really small tonight, so we'll go ahead and save that till the end. We will start, however, with the positives. I mean, first things first, guys. We've been complaining a lot lately about the Blackhawks not being able to sustain for a full 60 minutes. We've been talking about their inability to keep the effort up and to really kind of push their opponent throughout the game. I think tonight was about the closest we've gotten to it all season. I would argue that tonight may have been the most complete effort the Blackhawks have put up all season. And I think all the numbers are indicative of that. They only allowed 14 shots on goal the first two periods of the game. They scored three goals in the first period, and they absolutely never let up on Winnipeg. Their forecheck tonight was absolutely suffocating. The Jets couldn't get the puck across the red line. It was 
a remarkable thing to behold and a remarkable thing to watch. And it was really cool just seeing the Blackhawks continue to pour it on. And even when Winnipeg scored, even when they got the one goal in the third period, Blackhawks instantly picked it back up and they scored. And it was truly a remarkable thing to see. And it was one of the most complete games, really a statement by the Blackhawks. And sorry, guys, playing a little bit hurt tonight. Got a little bit of a... uh, chest cold, a little bit of congestion going on. So you're going to have to kind of put up with me as I kind of catch my breath occasionally and take shots of water or Pepsi or whatever it is that I'm going to end up drinking during this podcast. But definitely was a game that the Blackhawks, uh, they needed this one. They had lost six in a row against teams that are currently in playoff spots. Came out tonight, made a big statement against a very talented Winnipeg Jets team. And do not let this, this result here... Do not let it fool you. Winnipeg is a very solid team. They have given the Blackhawks fits the last couple of seasons. The Blackhawks were one and four against them last year. They came out and they made a big statement tonight, and I thought it was one of their most complete games of the season. Really had to give a lot of credit tonight to guys like Tommy Wingles. He had an awesome forecheck on his goal in the first period. Nick Schmaltz had a fantastic game as well. He ended up with a goal and an assist in the game. His assist, by the way. To Patrick Kane, if you haven't seen it, I strongly advise that you stop this podcast right now. Don't close out of it, obviously. I want you to listen to the rest of it. But I want you to go and watch that assist. The spinorama, blind pass, found Patrick Kane wide open in the slot, rifled at home. Blackhawks took a 4-0 lead, and even Patrick Kane gave him a little bit of a kind of point there. He was really happy with the way that... That pass came out, and all kudos to Nick Schmaltz for the aggressiveness and the tenacity that he showed tonight. And honestly, I think that's what we've been asking for from Schmaltz all season long. We've been asking for this kind of assertiveness, this kind of ability to take over a game with his speed and with his passing ability, and I definitely think that he delivered that in a big way in this game and really has done so the last few seasons or a few games I should say he's been one of the Blackhawks most exciting players I know we've spent a lot of time talking about Alex DeBrincat and what a fantastic job he's been doing during his rookie season at adjusting to the NHL game using his speed to his advantage and just doing all the little things right I think sometimes we kind of forget that Nick Schmaltz is only in his second year in the league And I think that we need to kind of do ourselves a favor a little bit and to kind of sit back and appreciate what he's been able to do in just his second season in a bigger role, I think, than a lot of us really thought that he would end up occupying so early in his NHL career. Like, he's a very important component to this line, and he's very important to Patrick Kane in terms of being able to give him space to work, in terms of being able to give him opportunities to create with the puck and to take quick shots in the slot. I feel like Nick Schmaltz doesn't get probably the amount of credit that he honestly deserves for the way that he's come into this league and really kind of found a niche, and he's really found a good role with the Blackhawks. And I think that this game is just a wonderful reminder of some of the things that Nick Schmaltz is kind of able to do to positively impact games. And honestly, I've been very impressed with the way he's been playing lately. Big part of the reason the Blackhawks have won four games in a row, and I do have to give him a lot of credit for the way that he's been playing. Speaking of guys who have been playing really well, once again, Jordan Osterley for a third game in a row just looks really comfortable out there on the ice. 
the Blackhawks had to really lean on him heavily tonight with Jan Ruda out of the mix and with Cody Franzen still on injured reserve. And I think once again we saw the aggressiveness with which he plays the game. And it just, it doesn't really, it scares you a little bit, but tonight I thought he did a really good job of kind of tempering that with the fact that he needed to be kind of a more responsible defenseman. He needed to be that top pairing guy against a Winnipeg team that has a lot of transition ability. They have a lot of speed guys on this team that can get the puck moving the other way really quickly. And I thought Jordan Osterley really adjusted his game well. And I thought that he did a wonderful job of being kind of a more two-way player tonight instead of the shoot first and ask questions later guy that we've become so used to him seeing or seeing with him over the last two games. And I also have to give credit to another blue liner who I thought did a great job tonight. First game back in 13 for Michael Campney. I thought he had a really solid night. The goal, obviously, on the rush was a huge momentum boost for the Blackhawks, and it really killed any momentum that the Jets had going. I know a 4-1 lead isn't exactly like, hey, we got him right where we want him or anything like that, but... Kempney just moved right down the ice, hammered that shot, and scored. And I know it took a little bit of a deflection. You know, there was a little bit of a script. Whatever you want to say, whatever caveat you want to stick on that goal, it was really important for the Blackhawks to kind of put the kibosh on the rally the Jets were trying to put together. And honestly, it really seemed to me that the Jets, the, the building just never was, like, into it. And even when it was, even after that goal, the Blackhawks just put it right away. They just killed it. And got to give a lot of credit to Michael Kempney, who definitely played like he does not want to end up back in the press box anytime soon. And unfortunately, the Blackhawks are definitely going to have to make some really tough decisions when Jan Ruda gets healthy again and when uh, Cody Franson comes off of injured reserve. Speaking of Jan Ruda, he will not be appearing with Jay tomorrow night at the Bud Light on the Glass event. I know Jay is not here to promote that event. I cannot tell you exactly what bar it's at, so I apologize to Jay. I've completely been unprepared to shill for him. But I will say that John Hayden will be there instead of Jan Ruda. So for those of you who are looking forward to kind of hearing from the rookie defenseman, unfortunately the Jay Zawoski curse is alive and well. He will not be there. And instead, you'll get to talk to John Hayden, who, frankly, probably going to be a pretty awesome guy. So definitely check out Jay's Twitter feed for all the info on where you need to go to see that. I, unfortunately, will not be there. I have to be an adult, and I have to work until right about when the event's going to start. So I won't be able to make it out there. So you'll just have to kind of throw tomatoes and insults at Jay and do so on my behalf. So wanted to get to one more quick positive I think Joel Quenville should be given some credit for the way he was deploying his lines and his defensive pairings tonight. Wasn't an easy situation having to deal with all the injuries that he's had on the blue line. Getting Kempney back in there obviously wasn't his first choice, but he definitely made sure that against a really tough opponent, he didn't end up sticking Billy Polk out there for a look against one of the Central Division's toughest teams. I think you'll probably end up seeing Polk on Sunday if Ruta can't go. I know that's not really fair to Michael Kempney, who had a really solid game tonight, but I also think the Blackhawks are pretty serious about giving Polk a look. I don't profess to know exactly what Joel Quenville has going through his head at any given time, and I think that anybody that does claim to know what he's thinking is probably lying to you, but I'm going to think that Billy Polk is going to get that look. I did want to get to one quick negative 
power play zone entries, man. Just once again, the Blackhawks have not been able to get the puck into the zone on the power play consistently, even against a penalty-killing team that's not very good. The Jets don't have that great of a penalty-killing unit. I believe coming into tonight, they were about 22nd in the league or so on the penalty kill, and it didn't matter. The Blackhawks had one good entry thanks to Patrick Kane, who hit the blue line with speed and really kind of gave him a different look. But other than that, the Jets basically put one forward at the red line, put the other three guys along the blue line and dared the Blackhawks to come into the zone, and they just couldn't. And it, there has to be a point where the adjustment has to be made by the Blackhawks. There has to be a point where... They have to know that you have to hit the blue line with speed occasionally, or you have to dump the puck in, or whatever differences you have to make in your approach to the game and to the strategy that you're using on the the power play. And I, I don't know why they haven't made those necessary adjustments yet. I feel like they have the talent to do so, and frankly, I'm staggered that they're still struggling as badly as they are, so... It's just been a very interesting time with their power play. I think they're two for their last 32 or 33 now. And yeah, it's just, it's hard to put into words really just kind of how you feel after watching that again and again and again, all of the struggles that they've gone through. Since my voice is probably going to end up giving out fairly soon, and I'm hoping that that doesn't happen before the end of the show, I did want to get to one more thing, and that is the segment that everybody always looks forward to, the Duncan Keith Shot Tracker. As you probably know from listening to the podcast, it's been a little while since Duncan Keith scored a goal. Pretty sure Bill Clinton was still president the last time that Duncan Keith scored. Not sure on that. Going to have to check my sources on that, but... He did not have a shot on goal tonight. And so, the Duncan Keith Shot Tracker, brought to you by the last place I ate, which is Taco John's, still stands at 99 consecutive shots on goal without a tally. And now that I've updated you on that, now that I've shilled for Jay, I'm going to go ahead and give you guys one more little itty-bitty promo. And that is, if you have not bought tickets to our Chicago Wolves game against the Bakersfield Condors on January 20th, Absolutely need to do that. Really soon, Jay keeps hammering away at me that these things are going fast and there are only a few left. So, if you've been on the fence, you haven't decided yet whether or not you want to come out and kind of hang out with us and have some beers and talk some hockey and do whatever you got to do, got to get those tickets soon because they are going fast, I assure you. I I would not lie to you guys. If these weren't selling, if no one was coming, I'd be begging you, please come hang out with us. I love you. It's the exact opposite. These things are going quick. And if you want to hang out with us, you better snap them up. So, on that note, I want to thank you guys again for putting up with my raspy voice. Hopefully it didn't get too uh, distracting or anything as we broke down this incredible win for the Chicago Blackhawks. And on Sunday when the Blackhawks play the Wild, I'm hoping, fingers crossed, that I'll have a voice and I'll have a co-host. Until then, I am James Novo from NBC5 Chicago. Thank you very much for listening to the podcast. Please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and all sorts of other social media platforms. I appreciate you, I love you, and I will talk to you later. Take care, guys. For all you foodies out there, I'm unwrapping a McDonald's steak, egg, and cheese bagel. Ooh, look at this steak. 
and the juice running down the side. Got a little bit on the wrapper here. Mm. And then the fluffy egg and real cheese folded over the side looking just so good. Mm -mm. Grilled onions and a butter bagel too. Thumbs up for McDonald's steak, egg, and cheese bagel for breakfast. Love it. Mm. I participate in McDonald's. The great thing about facts, they're proven. Like the fact that crude oil contains impurities. Or that base oil made from natural gas is 99.5% free of impurities. And the fact that Pennzoil is the first synthetic motor oil made from natural gas, not crude oil. It gives you unbeatable engine protection. The proof is in the Pennzoil. Based on sequence 4A wear test using SAE 5W30. Get a $22 shell gift card with a Pennzoil Platinum Full Synthetic Purchase. Ends 31421. Terms apply. Details at Pennzoil.com slash oil change offer.